Hi, everyone. We recorded this episode a few weeks ago before the national outcry against police brutality led to worldwide protests, and the mood feels very different from when we recorded. So we wanted to take a moment to say we unequivocally stand with Black Lives Matter and with the protesters. In memory of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Tony McDade, and countless others, today we are highlighting the Black Voters Matter Fund. According to their website, our goal is to increase power in our communities. Effective voting allows a community to determine its own destiny. The Black Voters Matter Fund works to increase voter registration and turnout, advocates for policies to expand voting rights and access, as well as policies that intersect with race, gender, economics, and other aspects of equity. On behalf of an almost starring, Jeff and I have made a donation to the Black Voters Matter Fund, which you can do as well by visiting blackvotersmatterfund.org. You can also follow them on Instagram at blackvotersmtr. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And today he's just your average genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. We're looking at Iron Man. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo, how you doing? I'm okay, Jeff. You know, not a lot. Nude report since uh, the last time we hadn't left our apartment for Uh, 70 days. You made yourself some, and speaking as a vegetarian, you made yourself some tasty looking chicken, Uh, I must say. That's true. That's true. I I, uh, have uh, been enjoying making late night baked chicken um, with a, with a, a rub, including a lot of brown sugar. So it's delicious. What can I say? Nice. Now, you thought you were here to find out some facts about who almost got cast in Iron Man, but really... Gonna get some chicken recipes. Just get some brown sugar and some paprika, uh, some other spices. Gotta get your paprika. You gotta get that paprika. Some maybe brown some sugar dried oregano. For your chicky chick chicken. Chicky your chick. late night baked chicken. You could yeah. only make it after midnight. That is that. Well, that seems to be the only way I can get myself to cook is procrastinate until it's almost time to go to sleep. You're like, ugh, I should just do this. <laughs> Iron Man is a superhero film based on the Marvel character of the same name and was released in Sydney, Australia on April 14th, 2008, and then subsequently the U.S. on May 2nd, 2008. I just, I, Amy Jo's yeah. giving me this look. Uh, normally I would have just said the release date, but I just thought it was interesting that it was released first in Sydney, Australia. Uh, it is also the film that kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, Amy Jo, what's your experience with Iron Man? That old man iron. None. <laughs> well, now, okay. Let me rephrase. So, uh, <laughs> had you seen the movie before? No. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had been told when it came out, hey, this is a pretty good movie. You should watch it. Didn't. Um, I can tell you what Marvel films I have watched. Yes, please. Guardians of the Galaxy. Boom. Sequel to that one. Guardians of the Galaxy, volume two. Oh, volume two. Right, because it's another mixtape. Um... Uh, although, Thor- although, although I kind of would have liked it if the sequel is called Guardians of the Galaxy, the, <laughs> the sequel, sequel to, to that, that one. one. I mean, I'm a writer. I can't <laughs> turn it off. Um, Thor Ragnarok, yes, which yes. is the only Marvel film I've seen more than once. Uh, uh, You've seen Guardians of the Galaxy more than once. We've definitely watched have that. I? We watched it in theaters together. We, we definitely thrown that okay, on. Well, all right. The only one that I have sat and gone like, you know what I want to watch again? The Thor one with Kate Blanchett. <laughs> That's just what they should have called that. Which I found out when we were watching Iron Man that apparently Thor Ragnarok is the third Thor? Uh, yes. You thought it might have been the second Thor I film. thought it was just a sequel. I didn't realize yes, it was the third. the third installment. But again, the only one with Kate Blanchett. So frankly, the, the only well one the worth only one. watching. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It doesn't. It definitely doesn't feel like this is the third in a trilogy because none of the Marvel films well, no, are like no. that. They all feel. I mean, Thor Ragnarok is such its own thing. They're just really long episodes of one very expensive television show. That's an excellent way of putting it. And pretty accurate. Uh, And I had seen this film in theaters, I think twice in theaters. And I don't know if I'd ever seen it since theaters, except until last year. I was very sick and was just trying to put on things that would 
I could half pay attention to it. And I was like, oh, Iron Man. That'll be nice and relaxing. And then I wound up just like watching it all because I think it is uh, a pretty rad movie and holds up really well. Uh, so moving on, spoilers ahead if you somehow haven't seen Iron Man. Like some of us. Well, like some of us. So I guess not somehow. If you haven't seen <laughs> Iron Man, like Amy Jo, who just was like, why bother? Um, <laughs> out of curiosity, you ever see the Iron Giant? Nope. Ah. A good one. I'm but I could see strictly no iron people policy. <laughs> <laughs> Only a may- maybe if he's a tin man helping Dorothy. Now, now no we're iron. talking. I've I, seen I, all those movies. <laughs> I could see being like, I already saw the Iron Giant, and this is only a normal sized Iron Man. Who's got no, time for that? No. Uh, but uh, anyway, spoilers ahead if you've not seen it. Here's a brief ish synopsis. Tony Stark, a billionaire industrialist, genius inventor, and carefree playboy, is conducting weapons tests overseas, but is severely injured by terrorists with weapons from his own company, Stark Industries, and is kidnapped. We flash back a few days earlier and meet Tony's friend, Colonel James Rhodey Rhodes, and Tony's right-hand man and his father's former partner, Obadiah Stane. We also meet Tony's assistant and girl Friday, Virginia Pepper Potts, with whom he has a flirtatious relationship with. When did we hear her name was Virginia? (laughs) I don't know if we ever do. This is news to me. (laughs) Okay, go on. Um, uh, Tony and Rhodey fly out to a military outpost in Afghanistan to demonstrate his company's latest project, the Jericho, an advanced super missile system. We then catch back up to the start of the film with Tony held in a cave where his fellow captive, Dr. Yinsen, has saved his life by building a crude electromagnet thing that stops the shrapnel <laughs> in his chest from going into his heart. Well described. Science. Science. Um, the terrorists who capture Tony and Yinsen want Tony to build them a Jericho missile. He says he will, but instead secretly builds a tiny arc reactor to power an armored suit which he uses to escape at this point in the film is when i went oh i see where this is going <laughs> oh he's gonna build that iron man I he's, this is how we go and become that iron man i think i said is this is how he becomes iron man, iron man? <laughs> I'm really good at superhero movies. Uh, Yinsen is killed in the process, and Tony wipes out the majority of the terrorists and their stockpile of Stark Industries weapons. He treks out through the desert and is rescued by Rhodey, uh, which thankfully, as you pointed out, that thankfully they were still looking for him. Uh, yeah, three and months, then when they months. said it was three months, I was like, they're still flying helicopters over there. And I reminded you that it helps when you have a ton of money. I get that, but still. <laughs> Uh, Upon arriving home, Tony announces that he intends to shut down Stark Industries' weapons manufacturing division, which angers Obadiah. Tony builds an updated version of the arc reactor as a chest piece, which he has Pepper help install and uses it to help power an upgraded and weaponized Iron Man suit, which allows him to fly. Tony flies to Afghanistan in the suit and wipes out a group (laughs) of... so funny to me. Whee! (laughs) It is like, you could have... Like, they don't show that of like, that's a long flight. No yes. matter, although he can go supersonic, but that still is like, you are flying. How lo- how long did it take him to fly in that suit to Afghanistan? Um, I mean, like, did he have to go to the bathroom? That's what I was thinking. Like, how? I mean, I'm sure there's a function in the suit for that, which mercifully they did not show us. <laughs> I, I uh, spoilers because you'll never watch it, but they do sh- in Iron Man Two. He does a uh, like an astronaut me? suit. He does uh, take oh, a whiz yo, in his own yo, suit. Yo, He's, he gets very drunk and he's at a party. He's like, you ever wonder how, how I use the bathroom? And he's just like, Ugh, like that. It's, re- it's literally Steve Martin as Ruprecht in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels where he's like, may I use the bathroom? <sighs> wow. All right. You. I take it all back. <laughs> take it all, all back. The, although that makes me think Steve Martin is Iron Man. That's the film that I'd like to see. <laughs> um, we'll get into it. Maybe he was one of the actors almost considered. But I'll tell you now, he wasn't. Was not. <laughs> Uh, Tony flies to Afghanistan in the suit and wipes out. I mean, he could have just like put the suit in a cargo of a plane. He has a private, he has his own plane. He could have flown closer. But then people would know. Which people would suspect. No, he does like the Bruce Wayne thing where you like, you're flying to some, whatever the nearest places to Afghanistan that you would believe a D-bag billionaire would go with a bunch of models. And then he'll be like, all right, I'm going to go hook up with these models. But really, enjoy Capri. I got to go to the mountains of Afghanistan. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, so he flies to Afghanistan in the suit. I gotta move on from past the sentence. And wipes out a group of terrorists using his suit's advanced weaponry, much to Rhodey's chagrin, who must cover for Tony when the American military tries to shoot him out of the air. Pepper learns that Obadiah was the one behind Tony's abduction, which really you shouldn't keep. Because she finds, like, the video of these terrorists being like, hey, you didn't tell us you want us to kill 
Tony Stark. So your asking price went up, Obadiah. Which, like, why would you keep that, like, anywhere as a file on your computer? Truly. It's sloppy um, bookkeeping. It's sloppy bookkeeping. That's old sloppy bookkeeper. That's sloppy? old slop, sloppy Jeff Bridges. Um <laughs> On top of that, uh, uh, has used Tony's technology. Obadiah has used Tony's technology to build his own ironmonger suit. Tony and Obadiah duke it out. Obadiah is killed, and their battle is covered up by Rhodey as a training exercise gone wrong. But Tony decides to come clean at a press conference and announces, I am Iron Man, gaining the attention of S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Nick Fury, who wants to talk to him about joining the Avengers Initiative. Uh, And now the casting directors of Iron Man were Randy Hiller and Sarah Finn, who together they would go on to cast Iron Man 2, Captain America the First Avenger, Thor, and the First Avengers movie. I've also seen Captain America Winter Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yes, you've seen that one. On TV. You saw it on the TV. Was that when we were snowed in at my parents' house? I think so. Well, I mean... I feel like that's the only way to get you to we watch that most and the Martian Marvel films yeah, is to yeah, force yeah, yeah, yeah. force a snowstorm. I'm so you've not, got like, no options. Morally opposed, of course just not. But they never want to bother. There's other things you could be you could be rewatching Thor Ragnarok with I Kate could Blanchett. Be rewatching anything with Kate Blanchett, you know. <laughs> exactly. This is true. This is very true. Uh, now. Let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. And some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. We're having fun here. Uh, So kicking it off, the titular character Iron Man, Tony Stark. And real quick, Amy, first of all, your thoughts on Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think he's great. I think this is a really great use of everything Robert Downey Jr. does very well. He is like a good blend of a little infuriating, but ultimately like charming enough to pull it off. You know, Um, I'm trying to think if there's, there's some like superhero movie or some, some film with like, wow, this is a deep cut that has nothing to do with this, but like the lead character in pal Joey, when it is not Gene Kelly playing that part, okay, it's a hard thing to sit and watch because Gene Kelly was so charming. American in Paris is similar. You know, like if you're watching a stage production, it's like it's just really hard to communicate all the things that those characters do. Yeah. And not be like kind of grossed and skeeved out by it. I feel like that's a lot of characters, especially with movie star parts where you're getting by on charm where anyone else, if you can't have like a nobody Yep. In those certain roles, because you're like, who, you, you, no, who are you? Yeah. Who, who do you think who you, you are? Whereas I thought Robert Downey Jr. was very, like, funny. I totally believed that he was this, like, playboy that didn't do anything, and yet at the same time, like, a math genius who was like, beep, boop, boop, I built a suit, you know? Right, right. He's got to um, be, like, the playboy gambling away and not caring about anyone but also like this genius inventor and yes. also then sell the turn where he's like oh now i realize that my weapons were being used uh, i think he sells the turn very well oh, i think yeah. so well um oh right i haven't looked at some of these things that i wrote my first <laughs> oh i can't wait my first is it, is it gene kelly <laughs> no although would watch um no my first "Quote unquote actor," I have written down. "Quote unquote actor." Tony Stark is BoJack Horseman. <laughs> I think is good. Yeah, I, it's that's very funny. Especially, I mean, I I've got some some quotes here from John Favreau about wanting to cast Robert Downey Jr. But uh, especially because it's a big part of the comic character, and uh, they get into it more in the second one a little bit. But that uh, that he does battle. Uh, alcoholism mm. uh, and depression, which is very Bojack Did I Horseman. nail it? Or I, did I nail you it? You certainly did. And, like, to that end, like, you could do, like, a Will Arnett in very, very different, yeah. but, like, at a, I think it's past, he's past the point of yes. trying to be a superhero now, but, like, you could have snagged him after Arrested Development yeah, and this gotten, like, a career Yeah, this would have been the right kind turn. of role for him if he were to do a superhero film, if Will Arnett were to do yeah, a superhero Yeah, I don't film. know if I can buy the turn with him of actually totally. caring about people. Which is why uh, which he's is, great as Lego Batman. He, he, sh- he sure is. He sure is. But me and Amy Joe were watching that. <laughs> Lego, <laughs> Masters. Lego Masters. Lego uh, Which show. is so funny. But to me, just feels like a parody. I really want someone to animate Lego Masters as a BoJack Horseman episode because it really it really feels like you can see Will Arnett just being like, Ugh, well, I have to pretend to care about these people just because I'm Lego Batman. What am I doing here? Just counting that money in his in his head. Yeah. Um, I have a couple other oh, thoughts, yeah. none of which are like 
great. Mm-hmm. What this is this is not the right choice at all. However, okay. I it was the his voice I could hear in a lot of like what Robert Downey Jr. was doing. Uh-huh. I could hear like if it were a younger Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay. It's yeah. not not in the world. He's yeah, still it, a little like, too weird, but yeah, he, yeah. as we know, does that kind of like yeah. tossed off kind of like. I mean, Jurassic Park, nineteen ninety three, Iron talking, Man, yes. starring Jeff Goldblum. I could talk Gina Davis as Pepper Potts. Sign I mean, come me on, up. Gina <laughs> or, Davis or Lord Dern. I was about to say, where did that come from? Well, but... the Fly. They were they were sorry. They were, ah, they were in the see. Fly together, and I think they briefly dated. And and oh. uh, Earth Girls are easy, and then I think they briefly dated. Well, they're both quite tall. Um, they, well, mainly because they have good chemistry together. They are quite tall, but yeah. I think instead it's like, well, you don't want. You'll want Laura Dern and Sam Neill to wind up at the end of Jurassic Park, but her and Jeff Goldblum have such good chemistry. Give a chance, it's reunite true. them. Let's see them. Let's as, see that. Yeah. Um, and Laura Dern is a redhead. I'm not mad about no. it. No, I also have Idris Elba because I would cast him in anything, oh. and he's he he's does funny. he's so funny, he's so you know. Funny. But also like plays. I mean. As we show we're on loofah, you know that like really like tortured. <laughs> yes. When when you say his uh, his hit detective TV show Luther in an Idris Elba accent, it sounds like you're saying loofah, loofah, loofah. Am I wrong? Um, oh, and then wrong. I <laughs> I have this is again not quite right, but I wouldn't be mad at John Hamm in this role either. Oh sure, you know, 2008. So this, uh, what was Mad Men like? 2006, I think it started. He's so that was like around. The time he was considered for some superheroes, I don't believe Iron Man, but uh, well, he wouldn't have been. I mean, no, he oh, wasn't oh, you know what it was? He was considered enough. uh to play Batman in the Ben Affleck Batman version. I also would um, watch that, of course. Well, you know? John Hamm, so charismatic, so great. Yeah, so uh, here's some uh quotes from Favreau. So, John Favreau, who directed Iron Man, planned originally to cast a newcomer in the title role as quote, those movies don't require an expensive star. Iron Man's the star. The superhero is the star. The success of X-Men and Spider-Man without being star-driven pieces reassures executives that the film does have an upside commercially. Mm. Which is always crazy to remember that Hugh Jackman was like a no one right. when they did X-Men. Uh, and Spider-Man, like, to- people knew Tobey Maguire, but he wasn't oh, yeah. like this star Tobey Maguire. Um, I-, I will say one of the thing, one of the benefits you have when you get someone like Robert Downey Jr., in a role like Tony Stark as opposed to some of the other um, superheroes is that like because the public in the world of Iron Man has a relationship to Tony Stark, it helps if the public that we are have a relationship to the actor playing him. You're reading my mind. It's almost like you're reading off the iPad I'm holding in front of me. But uh-huh. but I can assure you, listeners at home, she's not. Uh-huh. Uh, so Marvel told John Favreau, uh, under no circumstances are we prepared to hire Robert Downey Jr. for any price because he was – Persuasion at that point, uh, because of course he had gone through yeah. his uh, alcoholism and his troubles, and by this point he was clean for several years. But it was still like he hadn't like led a big, yeah. like the biggest movie he'd led in the past however many years was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and that was a very modest, teeny tiny mm-hmm. film. Uh, but Favreau like just knew that he'd be good and Favreau and Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige both went that's interesting about Marvel saying do not hire him uh, and then they forgot about it and they kept John Favreau just kept advocating for Denny Jr. and finally convinced them to give him a screen like we'll give him a screen test and mm-hmm. after that they were like oh you can't not see it but Favreau chose Danny Jr., who was already a fan of the comic, because he felt the actor's past made him an appropriate choice to the oh, part, explaining, quote, the best and worst moments of Robert's life have been in the public eye. He had to find an inner balance to overcome obstacles that went far beyond his career. That's Tony Stark. I am so intelligent sometimes it <laughs> shocks me. <laughs> you should have cast Iron Man. Um, oh, and I, I wanted to mention you. Uh, uh, in the film, when Tony is rescued after escaping uh, the cave in Afghanistan, he says, like, the, the first thing that he wants to do is he wants an, Amer- an American cheeseburger. Oh, my gosh. I do have Burger King product placement in my notes. It is, but all, uh, he, he wants a burger, and then he goes to the press conference to announce that they're going to shut down the weapons division. But... He specifically wanted the Burger King burger. Robert Downey Jr. wanted this because it mirrored a real life event back when he was using drugs. And he said he had like a car full of drugs and he was he ate was eating a Burger King burger that was so cold and so disgusting that it made him realize, like, I have to get clean. And he dumped all the drugs 
out of his, like, he threw wow. them all out and he and threw it out. He's because he ate like the worst Burger King burger. Oh. So he wanted to pay homage to that by having that be what he wanted when he got out of his cave. I want my rock bottom, um, which is so <laughs> funny. Imagine if every time you ate a Burger King burger, it uh, led to you getting cast as a superhero. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's, okay. you know, I could try. Uh, we've chatted enough. Let's get into it. Here is who almost starred right out the gate. Tom Cruise. Nope. Was, <laughs> was long considered, uh, but had differences of opinions you on think? the script. <laughs> Strong no. <laughs> um, and in the same year, instead of doing Iron Man, he did Valkyrie, which was like... We're going to kill Hitler. Oops. I remember the posters. Twist. We don't. Um, <laughs> and Tropic Thunder with, uh, with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Um, yeah. I mean, with Tom Cruise, the only interesting thing to imagine that about him. was the same year. I saw that in theaters. Oh, what? Tropic Thunder? Yeah. Well, that was like, I mean, what a, what a year for Robert Downey Jr. No kidding. To have Iron Man and Tropic Thunder and then get an Oscar nomination for Tropic Thunder. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Yeah. Uh, is that Tom Cruise, I could, because of knowing how he is in the Mission Impossible movies, A, you know that he could handle a franchise, so 100%. you do have that. But B, as like I, <laughs> he'd be like, okay, so how do we actually build an Iron Man suit for me to fly around in? <laughs> like, what, what, what can I do to physically endanger myself? How can I actually, what, he would actually be hanging on to that plane in yeah. the Iron Man how suit. How can I make your lawyers even more stressed <laughs> out? <laughs> and make your insurance premium skyrocket. Yeah, that's a real interesting. It's like, ooh, do we want to hire Robert Downey Jr., who we can't trust because he battled, he had trouble with, with booze and drugs, or do we want to hire Tom Cruise, who we can't trust because he might accidentally kill himself <laughs> by trying to actually fly in a jetpack? Um, <laughs> moving on, Leonardo DiCaprio was considered. Uh, that's a more interesting choice to me, simply because more like latter day Leo actually kind of that's like a lot of the type of stuff that he plays is this kind of like hey hey bobbery bob, bob. <laughs> hey, hey hey bobbery bob it's me the wolf of wall street hey hey like i'm just like shooting finger guns pew 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 yeah I, I, man. That's, that is my favorite thing about leonardo DiCaprio. he's always shooting those finger guns you know what i mean attitudinally <laughs> oh those attitudinal finger guns yes just him and the revenant. Yeah, pew, pew, I think pew, pew. he's not. He's maybe a little too serious. Like that's my thing. I think actually, because I'm just thinking about the departed. If you combined him and Mark Wahlberg, that would be a better kind of cocktail of like yeah. uh, personality for this role. Yeah, you can't do Mark Wahlberg, Bill, because you cannot buy him as no, a no, no, no. You inventor. cannot have Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> But if you combine him with you. Leo. But if you combine him with Leo. Yeah. It, you need that snark. You need that kind of yep. like just a bit of the snark yeah. that Rob Denny Jr. can bring. Uh, this makes sense in terms of John Favreau. I mean, not an unknown, but someone who in terms of like being leading a movie like this. Uh, Rob Lowe was considered. I did think of him. He did cross my mind. Yeah. But he's so now because of Parks and Rec, so like ingrained in my mind in a much gentler way. Oh, my gosh. I can't. <laughs> that I can't really picture it. <laughs> uh, and at that point, he'd wrapped West Wing in 2006. So he was in the middle of his 78-episode run on Brothers and Sisters, which I had heard of but forgot was a show that existed. Yeah. This was like Sally Field is the matriarch, and here's our brothers and sisters. Great. <laughs> Doing our thing. Um, but... I love when people work. You right, know, it's great. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he's the one that I think would most have been like, "What would have happened to Rob Lowe?" No, that's if he very was cast true. Iron yeah. Man. Uh, Nicholas Cage. No, wanted the lead role. Of course, back he did. In he wants every lead role, but he wanted the lead role back in '97 when the movie was had already been long gestating, which is easy to forget yes. that this was like Iron Man was such a like the um like the forgotten toy of the Marvel characters because they sold off. X-Men to Fox, they sold off Spider-Man to Sony, and they were like, that's kind of why they had to gamble to make the MCU. Uh, because, mm -hmm. like, well, here's who we got left. And the... I, I, it's interesting, they didn't, like... I guess they could have kicked things off with Captain America, but for whatever reason, they really made the right choice to start it off with Iron Man. Uh, and all the pieces kind of fit together, but I don't know if they would have if they tried to make this movie in 1997 with Nicolas Cage. I'm gonna go with, uh, probably not. Probably not. Uh, although I was kind of shocked to realize that Nick Cage is only one year older than Robert Downey Jr. 
I'm not shocked by that. He feels he feels like more of like an eight to nine years older to me. I That's think because Nick Cage fair. has always looked. He's always looked a little bit older. older. Even in Moonstruck, when he's so young, he does present as older than some of those like Brat Pack boys. That's crazy to real. Like, I, long after I saw Moonstruck, that I was like, wait, he's like 23 and Cher is like 41, and you don't realize that they're both like yeah. equals in that film. Uh, uh, instead, well, if this movie had been in ninety been made in ninety seven, Nick Cage would not have been able to make. Face Off and Con Air. And we would have been robbed. We would have been deprived of two of the worst, <laughs> best, worst movies ever. I'm thrilled. Uh, he might not be, but I'm thrilled. He sure would have. Uh, and instead, he, in 2000, oh, well, not in 2008, but the year before, he couldn't have been playing Iron Man because already in 2007, he was playing Ghost Rider, that other MCU character. Amy looks distraught. And we it's saw this movie for the first time, yeah, early on in uh, self-isolation times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, it's bad. Look, I gotta help the people. I just want to build my, my suits, my Iron Man suits. I just... I, I am Iron Man. I just... I just can't. I buy the millionaire playboy. I am a millionaire playboy. Yeah, what do you exactly, mean, Amy Jo? Exactly, but it's the rest of it that it's a little like. My, my, no my Nicholas Cage is turning a bit into Jimmy Stewart. Actually, <laughs> you're 100% true. Oh, actually, though, hold on. I just, I just remembered uh, by, by saying, I, I am Iron Man, uh, is. I want to tell you this because when we watch the movie, keeping in mind, listeners at home, this is Amy Jo's first time uh, at the end of the press conference when uh, Tony Stark is just supposed to, like, stick to the script and be like, oh, I'm not a superhero. That wasn't me. I was on my yacht. And instead says, I am Iron Man. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. improvised that line. Was like in the moment he was just like he wasn't supposed it wasn't supposed to end that way. Uh, But he was just like he felt it and he did it. And Jon Favreau was like, no, you know what? that's what it that's what this character would do and like he got on the horn with kevin feige and they were like okay and that really changed well it'd have to their plans for the mcu but so like peter parker as spider-man is the only one with a a secret identity identity. because in the comics i think thor has a secret identity uh i'm not sure about captain america but i know with thor they're like why bother clearly he's not because like in thor ragnarok of course course, the only thor worth watching i know from vast experience um now if they digitally went back and added cape blanchett i Thor would one and watch two. all of them and consider it one big beautiful film no um they're all taking pictures with him in the street and i definitely have right. a thing of like huh they all seem to know who he is but i guess he's a giant australian from an actual other planet <laughs> chris hemsworth is a giant australian from another planet that is a good way of describing him <laughs> as a human being as well um but yeah that re- that widely shaped the mcu so i think that was like one of the many things that rdj added to this film um back in terms of someone that was more of an unknown to mm-hmm. for john favreau uh timothy oliphant who i love timothy oliphant i know and you I know, do you know i do uh because i also mainly know and love him from justified uh which wouldn't start until 2010 uh, but this point, like he'd wrapped Deadwood in 2006, and he'd done like some movies. You know him, Amy Joe from The First Wives Club, this very first film. He's the screenwriter to Goldie Hawn. That's like the young oh. screenwriter. That's like, yeah, I wrote this. See, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. one of those people I know the name, but I've seen zero creds. Uh, so but, thank well, you. you. Now you've I know seen who you're talking one about. One cred. Yeah, the uh, the best cred. The the best cred. Which I liked him with the elephant a lot. It's interesting between Deadwood and Justified. He is such a like modern day cowboy energy mm. that's an interesting it's interesting trying to envision him as a tony stark but i i love tony the elephant i think he would have been really good uh sam rockwell sure yes it's a slight he's a slightly more i don't want to say comedic because it's not exactly what i mean but it's a little more like east coast energy a yeah. little more slick kind of thing. not that's not exactly what i mean it, it just it would, it would more... feel a little different. It'd feel a bit more like wheeling and dealing, hey, beep, bop, beep, boop, boop, yeah. you know? I don't know how much of it plays into that, but it is, I also could be misspeaking, but knowing Sam Rockwell's theater background, it is like his New York energy compared to Robert Downey Jr.'s Calif- L.A. Well, that's what California I'm trying to say energy. with like it's yeah. a more East Coast. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Which I feel like the, the more L.A. energy works really well for this kind of like... Um, you know yeah this dude i love sam rockwell and i especially around that time of like oh, the yeah. films that he was making uh he reportedly he only had he had a phone call and That's that was it. it um and that year he instead of being playing tony stark he did frost nixon and choke i think iron man would have been 
better, but he's, he's got fine. an Oscar, right? Yes, he does. Yeah, he's doing billboards. okay. Uh, but he would actually, he would go on to play one of the, the villains, uh, Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2, where he's kind of just like an inverse Tony Stark. So he's another weapon, like a rival weapons manufacturer. Uh, well, it's like fun imagining that that's like a fake name that he gave himself because yeah, it would make clearly. his in his I'm company sound, sound cooler. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's great where you're like, oh, he's you would have been a good Tony Stark, but we didn't cast you, so instead you're gonna play like this the jerk version of Tony Stark mm-hmm. in the sequel. And, oh, oh, that sound means that it is time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy. Oh boy, the way it works. Two of the following actors were up for the role of Tony Stark, Iron Man. One was not. And Amy Jo has to guess which is which. Because if you didn't realize, I do all the research for this show, and Amy Jo gets to experience it all. I am forced to watch the film. (laughs) And I am here to eat the food. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here are your three actors. Two were considered, one was not. Clive Owen. Hugh Jackman. Matthew McConaughey. Okay, now I know you've crafted this for me particularly, and you know that I'm not the biggest fan (laughs) of Matthew McConaughey. I don't love to speak ill of other actors, but I don't like him. So there we go. Um, So you could have put that in there. Just to irritate and freak me. I'm trying not to look at Amy Jo so she can't read my question. I'm going to hide my face until she guesses. Clive Owen, who, by 08, so Gosford Park, I saw, like, that was like 2000, 2001. Yeah, so he's had plenty of time to do lots of movies and, like, do a lot of punches and films and be great. Um, I love Clive Owen. Let's see, Clive Owen. Who was the second one? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. I feel like by this point he's way too famous for being Wolverine for them to consider him but at the same time they'd be stupid not to consider him for this you know what i mean um but i feel i guess since it was the beginning of the marvel cinematic universe they kind of could maybe get away with being like all right we're gonna use wolverine as tony stark but it also feels like muddying the waters but then they they have a lot of people who've done i'm other... sorry we're gonna need an answer okay, okay, no okay, stalling okay, okay, okay. for time <laughs> I'm thinking it through. <laughs> All right. Two truths and some guy. Two truths and some guy. I'm going to go with some guy as Matthew McConaughey that you've put in there to irritate me. <gasps> ding, ding, ding. Uh, you guessed correctly. Few. Matthew McConaughey was not, as far as I can tell, up for Tony Stark in Iron Man. But Clive Owen and Hugh Jackman were. I can see it. Yeah. I mean, Clive Owen is interesting. I He's always someone that, like, I, I just let him have his British accent. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. He, um... He was on my, like, list of people I thought of but didn't write down, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, he could do it. Like, uh, similar with, like, Matthew McFadden. I was like, not at that point yeah. in time, obviously. And I think he he's a oh, bit I mean, more, excuse me, a bit more comedic. But, I mean, I think, 2005 like. 2005 was Pride and Prejudice. That was, I mean, 2008 oh. was, he's also in Frost Nixon, the okay. same Rockwell. Yeah. So that was, yeah. like, All right, well. when he was at his most, like, oh, this hot. If, if John Favreau wanted to cast, like, a quote-unquote nobody, more or less, He's someone that you yeah, could have been, like, banked it on, Matthew McFadden. Um, but mercifully not Matthew McConaughey. All right, well. <laughs> nope. uh, and, and Hugh Jackman, uh, this same year, instead, he what, did the Baz Luhrmann film Australia with Nicole Kidman that no one saw. Which I was like, did they were they did they want Hugh Jackman as Iron Man? And that's why they released Iron Man in Sydney, Australia first. <laughs> Just um, to taunt him? Right. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. You're going to turn down Iron Man? We're going to release it in Sydney and try to take some some heat away from x-men because the x-men the last stand was 2006 so two years before Mm. and then x-men origins wolverine was in 2009 so i wonder how much of it was like probably like i'm busy well yeah but i wonder if like when they're starting iron man if they're like they didn't know like when when were they like we're gonna bank everything on x-men origins wolverine opposed to like okay you did your trilogy of films you're done which Uh is like pretty much what you did back then you weren't That's making true. like nine film you weren't playing the same character for 17 years yeah. the way he did with wolverine yikes but thankfully he did because it really is he's really he's amazing as wolverine uh but yeah it's weird to imagine him as if you had him as tony stark like i don't see how you can have him also be playing wolverine that 
Um, that's what. That's my thought. Because <laughs> I, lo- I mean, you've you of course have other actors that have played multiple superheroes, but it's always like one has finished its run. Well, and I feel like they're usually like this was an unsuccessful version exactly. of this film, right? Chris Evans Whereas, is Human Torch in the Fantastic Four one and two, and then they're like, X-Men well, we're not making are, any more yeah. of those, so we, yeah, go ahead and play Captain America to yeah. much more acclaim. Let's move on to Pepper Potts, uh, Virginia. Virginia, Virginia. It's me. Virginia Pepper Potts, uh, Amy Jo, played by Dolly Parton. Uh, <laughs> now we Amy are jo- talking. Thoughts on Gwyneth Paltrow, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone other than her? I think Gwyneth Paltrow is lovely. However, what I have written down is anyone could play this. Doesn't matter. She has, oh. like, no defining characteristics. Um, That's just a fact. So I feel like... A lot of people could do. I think Gwyneth Paltrow was wonderful, but I also think it truly could be anyone. Fair it enough. Tru- you know, I yeah. the the person that sprang first to mind because it's a similar kind of like role that is in service to the central dude of the film is, and I do not know this actress's name, but the gal who's playing Money Penny currently in the Bond films. Oh, Naomi Harris. Yes, well, Naomi I thought Harris like she incredible. she's very charming. She has oh, a sure, she sure. has a lot. I mean, it's a very similar well, dynamic. Exactly. Yeah, which is I think why it oh, made me think great. of it. But she. I don't know. I felt like Gwyneth Paltrow almost had to like, um, um, like weaken herself in the in her portrayal of this character. You know, um, I whereas like you look at some of her other stuff and she's like, you know, standing yeah. taller in this power. Whereas like if she'd played it with maybe more, I don't know, a little more of like the quirkiness that I see from Naomi Harris. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. I think that's a way you kind of get away with that. But like don't mind you you do what you have to do to communicate the character i will say i think the name pepper Potts is so stupid, stupid. <laughs> all i could think of every time they said her name was peppa pig so oh, no. the whole time i'm just thinking about this cartoon pig it's this little stupid <laughs> this little pig. british cartoon uh. um oh but i did think like oh when I thought of John Hamm for Iron Man, I was like, oh, I could do like an all-mad men casting. Oh, you shortcut, I was Elizabeth like, Moss? But my, here's the oh, thing. No. Here's how you know anyone could play this part. Was, my first thought, I was like, ooh, Christina Hendricks. And I was like, or Elizabeth Moss. I was like, then again, January Jones would be fine. You no, know, She would not. I, I contest would, that January would Jones would not be fine. Fine. I think not legit good. great in Mad Men, but I think it's one of those times when a character in a, a role uh, just or an came actor in a together perfectly, perfectly yes. came together. But and, like, uh, was it? I think either Elizabeth Moss or Christina Hendricks would both yeah. Very different, but great. I think that know? is great. Uh, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow only needed to travel 15 minutes to get to the studio, and she claimed that that's part of the reason why she took the role because she had two young children at home. So she's like, oh, and I can LA be traffic home by, is so home by five to be with my kids. Um, but I, I think the thing that she has going most for her, and I do think this is on her as well, is that I think her and Nora Bethany Jr. have amazing chemistry They are really together. fun together, They're yes. so fun. They're so charming. Uh, and as you've not seen any other of the Marvel films that she's I in, have not. she gets more and more to do with each film until she's practically a superhero. And she, like, gets her own suit, and she's, like, kicking her own butt. I love to hear that she's kicking her own butt. Well, um, she, I... she, she, just like Liar Liar, <laughs> that she's got a, this whole scene where Pepper Potts liar, is, liar. is working as a district attorney and has to get out and then oh, won't get a recess, so she dear, goes to the bathroom dear. and she starts beating herself up in a superhero suit and this other woman comes in and is like what are you doing and she goes I'm kicking my ass uh- <laughs> wow we could have also gone with Fight Club but no we went with Liar Liar um, anyway that's good to hear they didn't do that in this film though mm, I'm just no they did not they hashtag did not. just saying well that's like everyone in this film besides no, Tony it's Stark true. it's like yeah. same with like Rhodey who we'll get to about I, being like I, next time baby it's almost like- everyone is kind of a like here I am uh, not the actor's fault. We've got a lot of plot to get right. through. We've got three other actors that were up for this role. Right out the gate, Favreau's first choice, but who turned it down, Rachel McAdams. Mm, I, she's great. She sure is. And she would go on to be in Doctor Strange, which even though in Doctor Strange she's, I believe, a s- doctor... Uh, it feels a doctor, do- a, a, a stalking doctor. No, a doctor. I, I couldn't remember if she was a surgeon or a doctor. Mm. I'm pretty sure she's a doctor. And well, Benedict I think isn't a surgeon also a doctor? A surgeon. Fair enough. But I don't think she specializes as a surgeon. Is this a kind of, I, I'm okay. more of a dot, whatever you want to die. A GP. A GP. Uh, but it feels like, and it might just be because there's only one Doctor Strange film. Mm-hmm. And Gwyneth Paltrow's been in many of these. But it feels like she just has like 
even just judging them by their first films, it feels like she's got less to do in Doctor Strange than Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. has to do in Iron Man. Fan K. Jansen. Oh, is Jean she's Grey great. In oh, yes, films. yes. And this was, once again, two years after X-Men Dark Phoenix. And instead, uh, in 2008, she was in Taken. She was like Liam Neeson's wife. The first one. And then she, and then she subsequently in like the other, the trilogy. Well, I never saw Taken, so I didn't know who got taken or who got brought back. Yeah, the, the, the daughter gets taken in the first one. And then Liam Neeson gets taken in the second. That seems confusing. And Famke Jansen. Um, I, I, I think that this would have been the biggest boon for her. Yeah. Um, Because like really after X-Men, it's just... Because she was, wasn't she, was she, um, oh, what, what am I thinking of? Goldeneye? Yes, Gold, she, Xenia on the top oh, in Goldeneye, boy, which she's oh, great. She yes, is yes. cuckoo in that film for, in the best possible way. It's great, great uh, Bond mm-hmm. villain. It's like that and X-Men are like her, probably her, what she's most best known, yeah, for, known sure. for. But Hugh Jackman just kept getting on to play Wolverine and Frank Jansen just didn't get to keep playing Jean Grey. And last but not least, Kristen Bell. Well, see, that is interesting to me because Kristen Bell also is just like, just got a slightly stronger, quirkier edge that she leans into with everything she does than Gwyneth Paltrow, who is more of your traditional leading lady. Yeah. Which is, I think, why I'm saying I feel like she like softened something to play this, which again is not bad. And apparently, Mm. like going forward, she gets to lean more into that kind of like. There's a certain like, what if you left me on this on this ledge and like we can't be dancing together. I fully yeah that scene on the yeah when she goes, it's just like and they're not. You can't. We can't dance like that. I thought like it was not the best written scene. It was a little clunkily gotten into, and that's like one of her big scenes, you know. And it just I understood what was being communicated. But I was like, this no. feels a little weird. We we will get into it, but a lot of these scenes were pretty much ad libbed. Like a lot <sighs> of the like just dialogue scenes, like we're walking and talking, we're having a scene. A lot of them were like fought, like or not ad libbed, but re- written that day. Jeez, there's a lot of flying by the seat of your pants, and I don't fully understand why. But I mean, that's what he does in his suit. The- <laughs> yes, you're welcome. The the jets do are are located right in the seat of the pants Whee! with his suit. We. He just sits down and goes flying away. Um, I think with Kristen Bell is that like I think she's just a bit too young to play yes, her. Yes, she also just reads so young. Robert even... Downey Jr. Because I was curious, she would have been twenty-seven at the time of filming. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. was, I believe, fifty-seven. <laughs> I'm fifty. <laughs> he was he was forty-two, and like Rachel McAdams was twenty-nine. Gwyneth Paltrow was 35, and Femke Jansen was 43. So it's like, Gwyneth and Femke are like They made a better choice with regards to that, for sure, yeah. Well, she totally reads as an adult. And she also reads as someone who's clearly... Yes. Someone who's clearly been working with him for many years. Totally, totally. um, Which I appreciated, you know? Yeah. Um, I think what I wanted was more of the, like, when uh, the reporter is leaving um, that one morning, and she's like... Yes, it's also my job sometimes to take out the trash. It's just mm. like, I wanted a little bit more of that, but she's so, like, subservient to him. Yeah, where someone like Naomi Harris or, like, a Tandy Newton oh, would have been great. Yes. That can give a little, like, I yeah, you need someone that's like, you're never going to fire me, Tony Stark. So I, and you're not going to, and so you I need, can give you it back a little better. Because I can kind of push you to be like, no, yeah. no, no, you're not doing this. As thing. opposed to, like, I'm giving you a little trophy that I'm just going <laughs> to leave here. Lol, step back upstairs quietly, you know? Is a little bit of how I felt right. watching. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think they do a little better with that moving forward when they give her some more agency. Mm. Uh, moving on to James Rhodey Rhodes. Uh, your thoughts on Terrence Howard and if you had to cast someone else. I think he's great. I had the same problem with this, though, that I had with Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. <laughs> Surely yeah. one just sprang to my uh, brain. Her full name is Virginia Peppa Pig. <laughs> Sorry. Virginia Peppa Pig. Mm. Um, is that... I thought he he was great. He executed everything he needed to get done, but also like it didn't feel like he had, had any defining characteristics yeah. other than like I gotta keep my friend out of trouble. Dang totally, it, you know. Totally. So yeah, I thought Terrence Howard was great. Keep him, you and, know. But if you had, well, they didn't. We'll get into that. <gasps> oh, but <laughs> this is also the fun thing about doing uh, having used my co-host Amy Joes because you <laughs> you don't know these things. I'm so innocent of the world. I think here's my note that I've written underneath yeah. Rody. He was great. No one felt like, and this is about all three of these parts. No one else should do this, but also it was like they're all good. Mm. So that's my insight. Yeah. So. Uh, First, I'll say that apparently it was kind of a 50-50 on the people involved in the film that wanted Terrence Howard and the people that wanted Don Cheadle. 
Oh. Oh, so does he do it going forward? Don Cheadle, starting with Iron Man 2 and going forward with all of the Marvel films, it's Don Cheadle. I feel like what Don Cheadle has going for him that's a bit different is he is, having seen a few films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there is a strong, and maybe it's also just the ones that I've watched, Mm -hmm. but there is a strong sense of like quippiness, you know? Yeah. And I feel like... I feel like things coming out of Don Cheadle's mouth would like be a bit more zingery in, the in a really yes, thank you. The yeah. banter would I think be very successful coming from him. Not that it's not from Terrence Howard, but I think that's just something that Don Cheadle does quite yeah. well. Totally, but I haven't seen it, so I can't yeah. say. I I agree. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of controversy at the time because uh, Terrence Howard was the first person cast, so he was paid somewhere between three point five four point five million dollars. So then Robert Downey Jr was paid 2.5 million so moving forward it was like Terrence Howard was supposed to get like an additional 5 million so to make 8 million for Iron Man 2 but then with like negotiations it was like but you can't be making more than the person Robert who's on set Daddy every Jr. day so he was then offered 1 million to do Iron Man 2 Ugh. but there's also and Terrence Howard has said on the record that he is difficult to work with but like he I mean we don't really need to get into him outside of Iron Man because he's a lot of like to like assault allegations and stuff. Oh, I yeah. know none of this. I've yeah, yeah, only yeah. seen him on Broadway and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yes, yes, yes. But he's apparently a very difficult uh, person to work with. But this was coming off of an Oscar nomination for Hustle and Flow. He was like a hot actor at the time. Um, yeah, isn't that wild to think for this like superhero movie, they got all of these prestige actors, you know, in these, all of these parts, you yeah. know? Well, I mean, once you know, once you start, well, actually, I was going to say starting with X-Men when you've got actor, like serious actors like yeah. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. But go back to the first Superman movie. you got Marlon Brando as Jor-El and Gene Hackman mm-hmm. as Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. That you're like, which makes sense to like give some legitimacy to these films. Absolutely. It's like you want to get some serious actors. You can't because you're already like a fantastical, yeah. fantastical film. Uh, yeah, apparently a lot of different things that were said about Terrence Howard. Allegedly, Favreau wasn't happy with Howard's performance and had to reshoot and re-edit a lot of his scenes. It's, yeah, we don't really need to get all into that, but Don Cheadle was considered, so apparently as soon as that like Terrence Howard was out for Iron Man 2, Don Cheadle got the call. Mm. And yeah, Don Cheadle just has a certain, a more light touch. Yes. Uh, also, has so much more to do, because, I mean, sure. the first one ends with, Brody being like next time baby and it's like Iron Man 2 he gets his own suit he's a, a war fine. machine and he's like I feel like yeah part the, of the, team. the thing that might also be more interesting about Don Cheadle in this particular film is I feel like Terrence Howard was playing a more um kind of like straight action film as yeah. opposed to like the action film inside a superhero world that has a slightly heightened quality to it i guess totally. which is part of what i think works really well about robert downey jr but that's yeah. also partially the writing you yeah know? and i was like for me i mean they neither of these actors were really known at this time as much but if i had cast someone else and don Cheadle wasn't available uh mahershala ali mm, uh. which is also not i don't really see a lot of like the quippiness the bantery from him but he's just so good or sterling k brown who of course would be so good in such well, a small role in Black so Panther? So charming, um, in but I think everything. in that like, which unfortunately, which is kind of a trend where you've got this, you've got Captain America, where you've got the the black sidekick, sidekick. yeah, for sure. Um, and I, because I also think that uh, uh, um, oh god, what I'm blanking on his name, Anthony Mackie is so good mm. in those Captain America films. Um, and it, it's a very similar like relationship between him and Cap and Tony and yep. Rhodey. Um, but that Sterling K. Brown, I think, would have also been real god. Uh, so those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. So before we move on, we're going to do a quick segment of trading places. So if one of the actors almost cast in Iron Man did land the role, and it led to them subsequently trading careers with the actor who actually was cast, who would you most like to see? For example, if Hugh Jackman was cast mm-hmm. as Iron Man, then that means that he would have gone on to do all of Robert Downey Jr.'s roles, so on and so forth. And Robert Downey Jr. then would have subsequently taken on the role of Wolverine and Greatest Showman. So a real switcheroo. And like he if this would have was, also been on Broadway with Daniel Craig. He would have. And, uh, you know, yes. Uh, I guess I guess Boy Robert from Downey Oz Jr. in The Music Man? Robert Downey, I, Robert Downey Jr. is The Music Actually, Man. Actually, no, I really want to see that. And I mean, Hugh Jackman, I could see a little more in that 
failed Doctor Doolittle movie that just came out that oh I've nobody's forgotten. Um, so I'll I'll go first if you want a moment to think. I do need a moment. Uh, to think. I I would have it. I would have it be Nick Cage, and I'll <laughs> tell you why. <laughs> but only because if they had to switch a. I think that Nick Cage could make that Doolittle movie work. I want to see Nick Cage just, oh, hey there, my little tiger friend. Oh, oh, my little goose. Yeah, c- come on. Just talk- talking to these animals. It'd be a horror film. It would. But, well, the twist would be that, like, it's all in his mind. People would be like, yes. these animals aren't actually talking. Um, But also, if you switched, that would mean that Robert Downey Jr. would be starring in all of these low-budget, trashy thrillers. That Nick Cage stars in, and I kind of I want to see that career. I want to see Robert Downey Jr. is like they kidnapped my daughter, and now I've got to murder all these people to get her back because uh, it's so like I beneath know. him. It just makes but me I think sad. he can bring something to that, a little extra something to that because it's like he's so overqualified for that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, but that that's what I would want to see. Well, okay, I'm thinking it might be very interesting to then see like. Robert Downey Jr. in The Revenant, you know, <laughs> like if he and Leo switch careers, because they're not very similar actors. No. So that would be very strange. So, he, yeah, him and like yeah. The Revenant or Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I cannot see him in Wolf of Wall Street. I, I think he would actually, Robert Downey Jr. would have actually been really good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Uh, DiCaprio's, fan, that's well, probably my favorite DiCaprio performance, but yeah. I think Robert Downey Jr. would have also been a very interesting choice for that. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to imagine, just given what Leo is is like famous for nowadays, yeah. to think of him basically just doing primarily superhero movies. It just doesn't feel very like no. Leo. It's just you not know? his thing. Uh, but it is hilarious to imagine DiCaprio talking to all these dang animals and Doolittle. It's just like that's that just feels like that's the opposite of anything he would ever want. You could not pay him <gasps> no. enough money. No, Martin you Scorsese could not. is like, hey Leo, we're gonna make a, we're gonna make another movie together, right? Huh? You ready? He's like, oh, Ma- Marty, whatever I'm, you want. I'm in. You never steer me wrong. Gangs of New York, The Departed, Aviator, Wolf of Wall Street, Shutter Island. Hit me with it, Marty. What do you got? I'm doing Doolittle. <laughs> You're gonna, you're gonna be talking to all these animals. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be crazy. You got all these, all these talking animals. Oh yeah, that brings me pleasure <laughs> to think about. <laughs> uh, great. So let, let's touch briefly on some of the other characters uh, who, as far as I could tell, didn't have any of the other people up for the role, or at least not that was reported. But it feel weird not to talk about them specifically. Obadiah Stane, oh, the villain of the film Ironmonger, aka Jeff Bridges, who I love, and we were chatting about this earlier. I didn't realize how little. You knew of Jeff Bridges' work. I didn't realize how little I knew of Jeff Bridges' work. He's one of those actors that, like, because you see them around all the time, even just, like, at award shows and stuff, I kind of thought I'd seen him in more things. And then I realized, no. No. I've seen him in True Grit and... Oh, The Big Lebowski, which I've only seen once because it's, it's, it's fine, but I was never a teenage stoner boy. So it was you just, weren't. You know I'm what? learning so many new things about Shocking. my wife in this Shocking. episode. Um, yeah, I think Jeff Bridges is so good because he doesn't really play villains. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think of other people, and you've got people that would go on to play other roles in the yeah. MCU, like William Hurt, oh. uh, Michael Douglas, totally. Lawrence Fishburne. Ooh, I think would yeah, be real yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And but then there's so many people that are like are are like. Like, if a Jeremy Irons or an Alan Rickman, you're like, well, clearly they're evil. Yes. Or, like, if Ben Kingsley, like, even Sam Neill, you're, you're like, you're evil. You're the evil one. And Jeff Bridges yeah. is, like, such a, like... Well, you know from the first shot, uh, you he's do. evil. Also, it doesn't... They also, also, he's got that ball, big bald head well, and big bushy really beard. they're not really burying the lead with it, you know. They but, really uh... aren't. They really aren't. Although, although the other person that I think that I would have liked to have seen would be John Goodman, I think would be really <gasps> interesting. Because he's got, like, you such a, like... You wouldn't believe it. Fatherly yes. presence. But he is so good in a, a 10 Clover field lane mm-hmm. with uh mary elizabeth winstead where it's like doing this underground bunker where he's like oh you can't go outside or there's monsters and she's like really or are you just locking us in here and he's like i'm trying to keep you all safe and he's like slowly you're like oh maybe there's something bad outside but also this person is crazy and mm-hmm. we have to fear for our lives and it's like that's like ooh, john goodman is like the a, a bad guy is like something that that's have interesting a... yabba dabba do yabba dabba <laughs> do it um oh but jeff bridges uh <laughs> had said, I-, I like to be prepared. I like to know my lines. It turned out that many times, 10, 12, 15 times, we would show up for the day's work not knowing what we were going to shoot. 
all the guys in the studio are sitting there tapping their foot, looking at their watch, and we're sitting in my trailer trying to figure out the li my lines. I made a little adjustment in my head. That adjustment was, Jeff, just relax. You are in a $200 million student, student film. Have fun. Just relax. <sighs> Which is bananas. bananas I mean, that would, that would drive me to distraction if it was like we're doing this thing that you know a lot of it has to be storyboarded within an inch of its life and yet you don't have the lines you know yeah that totally. would that would make me feel some kind of way yeah do you have another another thought well i have thoughts about uh, yep. other other actors yeah. what, what do you this. got who do you got um this is someone who uh i think would also read like two villainous right from the start but i think like jk simmons would be great oh of course you know like he was the first person to spring to mind um well, but big bald head big bald head uh in keeping with my Mad Men casting i was like oh john slattery would be would be really fun he, yeah, he plays he, like businessman he, he goes on starting with iron man 2 to play howard stark tony stark's father where there's like he the brief, does not there's like the uh a newspaper still uh -huh. in the beginning of howard stark that's some other actor but then they were like they have like home videos of him in Iron Man 2 mm -hmm. and, I, and like a flashback of him in one of the other later films but they, they get John Slattery. For someone so who's never seen any of these films, I feel like I'm really channeling it. You know, <laughs> I'm really plugged in. But in in uh, along the lines of your John Goodman thing, I yeah. was trying to think like, who is someone who we would not think is like the bad guy that it yes. would be upsetting? Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. No. How could you turn on us? No, uh, Tom Hanks. Oh. Because like he's someone that you built, you would buy that like kindly uncle figure type thing, and then like for him to like, interesting, be doing yeah. all these bad things, you'd be like, no, Tom Hanks is supposed to like, well, of course <laughs> the ball guy, yeah, exactly. Well, you, I I don't know what Tom Hanks looked like with a shaved head. I don't think he's had. I don't know if he's had a shave. Well, I, um, I don't know if like by the end of Philadelphia, if he's. I don't know. I haven't. Bald. I haven't. Oh. Yeah, it's been a long yeah, time, but exactly. But um, yeah, he also doesn't play. That's that's good casting. That's yeah, it's like there's casting. there's an episode of Columbo, and I'm yeah, I guess I'm gonna talk about Columbo every episode. Um, there's an episode of Columbo Peter, where Peter Falk as as Obadiah Stane. That would be strange. Uh, Tony, Tony, one more question. Uh, Tony, Tony. Uh, he's the reporter in the front. Uh, oh, Mr. Stark. I would love one more if question. <laughs> Tony Stark as uh, uh what's her fit Christine Everhart the reporter it's like the reporter that Tony picks up at the beginning uh, now, you, Tony you've been called uh, the merchant of death what do you think about what, that what Tony? do you think about that you, you have a lose sleep oh I'd like to uh, lose a few hours with you Peter ah <laughs> you wouldn't be the voice to say so um no I there's an episode of Columbo and in Columbo the conceit is you see the person commit the crime mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. you spend the whole episode trying to watch Columbo unravel it so you always know the big guest stars the murderer they're right. not trying to hide that which means you get all these great scenes so there's one episode where it's dick van dyke and it's oh. like he's so nasty and you're like dick van dyke but it's so satisfying because it's like this is not what i think of when i think of you sir you know i love it yeah uh the other two characters i wanted to briefly touch on is samuel jackson popping up at the very end as nick fury which was like the easiest gig for him I think because they had done a, I forget when, sometime in the 90s, they did a redesign of the character Nick Fury in the comics mm. to look like Samuel Jackson. Oh. So it's kind of like, well, so we're just going to get Samuel Jackson for the movie, right? And yeah. he signed like something, like a seven picture deal or not whatever picture deal. And it's played the character so many times, but it's such a like, well, you wrote it to look like me, so uh, you better cast me. Slash, I don't need to spend that long in the makeup chair, baby, because you're just trying to make it look as much like me as possible. Right. Although if he if that didn't pan out that way, he also would have been an interesting Obadiah. I could also see him For as like sure. as your dad's. Yes, partner. and he's already yeah. got the bald head. Um, because thankfully it it was Samuel Jackson. Because uh, the the last. Uh, like pop culture uh, movie version of Nick Fury was in 1998 in a TV movie called Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., starring David Hasselhoff. Nope. <laughs> Fury about something else. Uh, I just wanted to briefly mention, I'm sure you didn't even realize this, but Jarvis, which is the voice of like Tony yes. Stark's computer that's always in his like headset, is Paul Bettany. Who John Favreau acted with Paul Bettany in the movie Wimbledon, this romantic comedy with Kirsten Dunst. So he knew him and was just was like, oh, I just called him up and said, I need the voice of a personality-less robot. And I thought of you. And Paul Bettany was like, great. So he got, he, for 45 minutes of voice work, got a bundle of money. Um, but then 
a few years later in, uh, I think like 2014 or whatever, he was saying, uh, Paul Bettany was saying, a Hollywood producer told him his career was pretty much over and he was done in the business in terms of at least Hollywood films, yeah. like to go, go back to London more or less. And he was like, you know, people have second and third acts in this town. And he was like, so I was like, I don't believe you. And he went outside and sat down on the sidewalk and felt said like, man, maybe I am done. Like maybe I've not like really had anything Hollywood wise going on. And while there, Joss Whedon called him up and asked him if he wanted to play Vision in the second Avengers movie because the computers, Jarvis is like his, the A is turned like as AI into this human form and he becomes this like red skinned, like, inc- like magical almost being uh, Vision, who's now like a main, a major character uh, who popped, has been in several of the films. And now it's like him and Elizabeth uh, Olsen as Scarlet Witch have like, a back and forth and that's like one of the disney plus show, uh, marvel shows wandavision is the two of them so and that i mean then since then he's been in like whatever he's he was like the I villain in the solo movie but love that's that. like just my oh my buddy i worked with called me up I, you want to you want to voice do a voice of a computer for 45 minutes and years later it's like oh we're gonna make that computer into a big character is like that yeah, cool with you also such a great example of like why it's great to surround yourself with people that you like to work with totally. to, to do things that you're like this maybe isn't like super prestigious but it, it would be fun and like just to be like well i'll go yeah this is an easy gig and i'll work with people I'm, that i like i'm sure the barrel of money that they paid him and to the barrel of money minutes. i'm sure was sure great but also sure just that like you know you work with people that you like and you, you work begets work but also like yeah people have Definitely. third and fourth act but i love the poetic timing of oh it yeah. Being yeah, like... yeah 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 so final thoughts on casting uh and did we think like this film was the linchpin for any of the actors cast or who were almost cast could this have like wildly shaped any of their lives if things had shaped out differently i mean shook i think out. definitely like Shaky. it shook it shook it shook it i'm shook um yeah i think robert downey jr definitely obviously very deeply yeah, affected his career point. uh i don't i don't suspect it had that effect for anybody else as far as like the major people that we've talked about i mean they I were think, already I, yeah, like what if Pal- Pal- she already had an Karen oscar Power, yeah exactly yeah, like all... um like I- i'm sure there are people who know them that weren't watching, you know, Shakespeare in Love um, (laughs) or Emma. uh, Sliding doors. Sliding doors. Look, I've seen them all. I I grew up in the 90s, baby. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think Robert Downey Jr. is the only one that I I can say. Yeah. Yeah, this made a big, big difference. Yeah, and clearly, and I I said like Rob Lowe is probably of the actors considered that have made the most difference because he's only one that's like not really popping up in films and certainly not leading films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I I think Famke Jansen, this would have actually been like... Oh, for sure. Rob Lowe is Iron Man. I don't know if the movie would have been the success that it was. And nothing against him, but like, I don't know. I don't know either. I think he's wonderful, but it's it's not... I think a little easier when you have yes. someone in like the supporting role. So it's like whatever, but you're that's a steady gig for the next decade, yeah, plus of films. Yeah, and this, what could have happened if Robert Downey Jr. did not do this film? If it did not hit the way that it did, because this was the star of the MCU. The Incredible Hulk was already slated to come out. I think. Uh, a month or two, like a month and a half after Iron Man, which is how they get you with Incredible Hulk. Because not as many people wanted to see Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. With Edward Norton. Okay, wait, haven't there been like three Hulks? Yes, there is an Angley Hulk with Eric Bana that was made in like 2002. That has always confused me because the name Eric Bana yes. is very similar to, what's the Hulk's real name? Bruce Banner. But when you're watching Thor Ragnarok and he's saying it with an Australian accent, it sounds like Banna. Bruce Banner. And I was like, what? That was more Boston. Exactly. There's Bruce no Banner in The Departed. Bruce Banner. Ooh, the Hulk in The Departed. <laughs> now, he's got to go undercover yeah. as the Hulk. Yeah, I, I can't even do that anyway um i hear you i hear you uh but i forgot that the edward norton one occurred robert Downey jr has a small cameo in the incredible hulk as tony stark Mm -hmm. to like talk with william hurt who's in it to be like oh to try to recruit the hulk more or less yeah i don't remember because i haven't seen the incredible hulk since theaters i think it's like a stinger scene after the film is over but because iron man was such a success you better believe that all the tv spots for incredible hulk start with (gasps) robert downey jr being like hey so we're hearing about this hulk to get people like oh is robert downey jr all over this film i guess i better go see this hulk movie 
because Incredible Hulk. That's wow. That's <laughs> I mean that's marketing, baby. That's marketing, baby. Incredible Hulk wasn't as nowhere near as big of a hit as Iron Man, and then Iron Man Two was two years later in 2010, and then Thor and Captain America weren't until 2011. Mm-hmm. So if Iron Man didn't work you had plenty of time to pull the plug on all of this. Yeah. That it wasn't like, oh, we've got all these films coming out like this year, then next year, then the next year, then the next year. It's like, they were clearly thinking about them, but they, no one was cast for Thor and Incredible Hulk no, by 2008. How, how did they retroactively be like, sorry, Ed Norton, and we're doing a new Hulk? Well, same as Terrence Howard. They just booted, they, they had apparently, uh, we'll see if we ever do Incredible Hulk, but there was a lot of like issues between, uh, Edward Norton was like, Rewriting his character, all well, his I've lines. Heard he can be a, a, a person. Yeah, but I think I think it was, you know, they always say mutual decision. But like Edward Norton, it's like, yeah, why would you ever want to sign up for a franchise where it's yeah. like so much of it is out of your hands that you're not in charge? You can't do anything about like where this character is going. Yeah. Whereas Mark Ruffalo just has such a everyman quality. It's like, hey, you know, I'm just happy to be here, guys. Absolutely. I'm just having a good time. And I think Mark Ruffalo is. He's wonderful. A delight. I just, I, so was this, was the next Hulk that featured Mark Ruffalo a sequel or like, they're there like, we're going to erase no this from standalone the standalone Mark Ruffalo Hulk, Hulk film. film. Got it. So there's the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton and then Thor, Captain America, First Avenger, and then the Avengers movie. So that the event, the first Avengers movie is the first time Mark Ruffalo I think is playing everyone Hulk. but me is like. We know, and I'm like fascinated. <laughs> Someone that doesn't know, but because because of how that first Incredible Hulk movie did, and also the Angly Hulk didn't do great business. Right. They that's why they've just not done a Hulk standalone film. Mm-hmm. Um, but which is the they were like the closest that we can do is we'll have it put him into Thor Ragnarok and have it kind of be like, which I think works great. Yeah. It's like having him in a it's like a buddy. Cop. It's a great buddy. Yeah, it's a buddy cop. I mean. Pfft. The Hulk, as you're, can you imagine? It's like, you, you gotta be kidding me. It's my first day on the force, and you're partnering me with the Hulk. <laughs> How's he even gonna fit in the car, man? Adventure Cops. Adventure Cops. I, I would like to see a, a, an Adventure Cops with, with Thor and, and the Hulk, I think would be pretty, pretty great. I might watch it like everything else. <laughs> if I made you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> great. So, that's pretty much it. Uh, if you know a film that has some great almost cast actors that you'd love to see us cover, shoot us an email at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and we'll check it out. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. <laughs>